Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A great start. one 736 We'll keep the calls coming as the show goes on, but... We'll get to our first guest. The Chief of Staff of the Herald Sun, Matty Forrest, is on the line. He's going to talk all things footy for us here on the Sporting Capital. Hello, Fridge. Johnny, how are you? Great to talk to you. Uh, it's the first time you're on uh, on here with me, so a pleasure to have you on debut. Uh, what's making news in the world of footy? Clayton Oliver returned to footy training today. He certainly did. It was a, a long-awaited return for the Melbourne superstar, trained this morning, he, he was limited in what he could do just due to the fact that he's still rehabbing a knee surgery in, that he had in September last year. But it was all smiles from his teammates and for the fans that gathered at Gosh's Paddock. Uh, footy boss Alan Richardson didn't give a clear timeline for his return to full training, but it's all positive at the moment. There's still question marks whether he will play early in the season or whether it will be a mid-season introduction for him. But he was doing running, kicking, a bit of tackling, a bit of centre bounce work with Max Gorn. So it was great to see those two linking up again. And all things really positive out of Gosh's paddock for that uh, that return of, of uh, Clayton Oliver. Yeah, and he, he had a smile on his face, which was the main thing. And I think it'll give a smile to Melbourne fans as well. He's, he's so vitally important. So, uh, so if you're reading between the tea leaves, Maddie, are you suggesting probably not ready for round one at this stage and they'll just give him a little bit of an extended uh, build-up over the next couple of weeks? Uh, from from what Richardson was saying, it sounds like they'll try and give him as, as much time as it takes, whether it means that he'll be fit for that opening round or, or whether it is a few weeks into the season. Uh, I don't think they're, they're keen to put a, a real timeline or a hard stamp on it just yet, which which gives the indication that it might take a little bit of time and um, I'm sure there's plenty more to play out between now and, and the start of the season that we'll we'll hear about with Clayton. Uh, but as you said, it's it's all it's all positive at the moment that he's back training with the group. Obviously, he did a fair bit of work by himself um, through that that process and and trying to get his mind and, and body right for for football again. And the fact that he's with the group is a major step forward. Absolutely, John Ralph put on the agenda today that the mid-season trade period looking likely, but not this year, 2025. Good for business or no? I think so. I think it gives teams a, an opportunity to, to really you know, get their team in order and, and make sure they've got the right pieces if they are looking for a finals push. There have been teams that have fallen away late just because they haven't had the right pieces due to injury or, or other issues. So I think it adds something different to the AFL. There is plenty to still play out with it. John obviously broke today that the decision will, will, will come down to... Well, it's, it's very likely at this point, but um, they still need to talk about the salary cap implications, trade implications. Um, obviously, clubs can currently overspend the salary cap if they have um, banked a bit of room in the previous years. So that is still uh, something that they need to look at. And, and obviously, tanking could be a potential issue too. Um, so there are still things to iron out with it, but it looks like it will be ready to, to be introduced from 2025 onwards. Is it a case, though, of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? I mean, if North Melbourne can't you know, make finals and, and Collingwood need a Ruckman and Collingwood go and say, 
Look, we'll take Tristan Sherry off your hands. I'm just using this as an example. North Melbourne fans, don't come at me, please. But I'm I'm just using that as an example. Collingwood get the get the ruckman that they need and a finals push, and North Melbourne are down to their third or fourth string ruckman. Now, obviously, North Melbourne wouldn't do it in that situation, but you get what I mean. This this has all the ramifications of being rorted throughout a little bit. I guess the argument could be made on the other side of things that that, that if a club was to put a player on the market, they'd be getting maximum value for that player. They don't need to move anyone, um, but it would be a case of if the if the trade is right and if it benefits one team in the short term, then the team that's receiving a pick or, or something in return would need to be benefited in the long term. And, and therefore, you could argue that they'd, they'd ask for a fair bit more than what he might be valued at at that current time. So there are there are issues with it still and as i said it's all to be ironed out in the in the next few days and we should have an answer um soon but all of the clubs need to lodge their submissions by friday mm. in terms of what they're preferencing um i'm sure it'll all come out in the wash in the next few weeks but uh yeah it is it is one that could be a little bit um divisive in terms of the the implications that you know, teams could try and take advantage of other teams. I am all for it, by the way. I think it's a, I think it's a get with the time sort of scenario. I just think that some teams will probably try and um, use it to their maximum advantage, and so they should. If it's more, I think, beneficial for players on the fringe who who aren't getting games at one club to be able to go and get themselves a little bit more of a a rejuvenation of their career. I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. There's always going to be, you know discussions at the start of the season whether a player is going to break into that best 22 or best 23 now um, and halfway through the season we might see a player fall out of favour at a club if you just look at last year what Brody Grundy could have done at Melbourne if there was a trade period whether he halfway through the season is dropped to the VFL and he decides you know this isn't working with Max Gorn and rather than waiting around and trying to break back in and you know playing games a handful at a time in the VFL um, whether he would have looked at a, a potential move to, to a different club and potentially, you know, obviously he's at Sydney now and he, he looks to have taken the number one ruck role there, but could have ended up at a completely different club that was crying out for a ruck at the time. Absolutely. Been a bit of match simulation around uh, today, Matty. We're obviously, what, five weeks away from the season kicking off. We've got pre-season matches kicking off in, well, this month, essentially. I mean, we are through the 31st of January. So, Paddy Dow at the Saints, a knee bone bruising, not a good sign for them, but they had their match sim today. They certainly did. I think Paddy has escaped um, pretty well. Obviously, we'll miss the next two to four weeks, which puts a dent on his hopes for an early season club debut. But as you said, bone bruising is, is quite positive for him, considering last week the club thought he had torn his ACL and sent him for scans so it's great that to see that it is a short-term injury for that recruit um he looks like he should be in the uh conversation for a debut early on though still um the saints were yeah they they had as you said their match simulation today um one of your favorite players i know Mateus Filippo, uh is is really priming for a midfield role obviously played all 23 games uh last season for the saints um, that former first-round pick from a year ago. Um, the youngest player in that draft as well mm. has really stepped up in that midfield mix and is starting to really dominate centre-bounce attendances. Um, he's only just turned 19 in December, so it's really positive signs for him. Um, and Butler is, Dan Butler is likely to miss the start of the season, but tracking well from an Achilles complaint there. So um, things are looking up for the Saints. Obviously, a couple of injury concerns 
there, but uh, for the most part, they've been uh, they've been pretty healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Mateus Filippo, he's going to be something special, Matty, I'm telling you. Uh, what about uh, the Swans, Dees and the Tigers all had matched him today? Let's go through the Swans first. Yeah, as I said, Brody Grundy starred. Um, he, was, he was absolutely fantastic um, playing as a solo ruck there. Um, Sam Wicks was one that sort of jumped out as well. It was a, a bit of a surprise name, but he was one of the best. His defensive pressure and his, his tackle uh, pressure is fantastic. So he's one to watch going into the season. Uh, position change for Matty Roberts. Uh, obviously drafted as an inside midfielder a few years ago. Going into his third year, he's playing primarily a half back with the Probables team. So that's a position change to watch whether he fits in come the uh, the start of the season remains to be seen, but interesting to, to see that position change. Um, Angus Sheldrick, another one who's a, a breakout candidate, he's obviously been in the system for a little while now, and he's, he's a very physical inside midfielder, combined well with Chad Warner um, through the guts there. So he's another one that is one to watch. Um, and James Jordan looking good on a wing for the Swans. Absolutely. We're running out of time, so maybe just give us Richmond's notes there as well, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Matty, what have the Tigers got for their match, Sim? Uh, well, Dusty dominated in the first Course. quarter and then sat out, which is not a surprise. He, he's obviously being eased into the season. No injury concern there. A little bit of hamstring awareness for Dion Prestia. Uh, nothing to be concerned too much about. He'll go and get scans, but it was more of a case of he was only playing a quarter and just pulled up a little bit tight, so they dragged him after a few minutes. Um, Noah Bolter played up in the forward line um, he had a bit of a scare after a big knock but he played out the game uh, Tom Lynch is still a couple of weeks away, no one's prepared to declare and ready for the opening round but um, he's hopeful that he can potentially get a game at least early in the season and uh, Josh Gibkiss was a, a, a nice sight to see um, playing he obviously missed the entire season last year with hamstring issues but he, uh, he played the whole match simulation tonight and, and played quite well Love this time of year, Matty. We're building up to a big opening round and then into round one and season 2024 not far away. Appreciate you jumping on, mate. Great to talk to you again. It's always fun and we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me, John. Matthew Forrest there from the Herald Sun, the Chief of Staff there.